It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the CFPs on the program with me in the KFG studios, my business partners, sometimes friends, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Well, even though pensions are more rare than they used to be, if you have one, choosing how to draw it is one of the most important financial decisions that you're going to make in your lifetime. So we're going to explain your options and help you make a wise choice in this hour. That's right. If you have any questions for the program, we're hoping, gosh, I told the guys, listen, talk fast, stay on point. We got to hit some questions from fans of the show. If you want to submit some, you can do so a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. There's a spot to put questions right there. On the right, guess what? It turns into an email to me. goes right to my inbox. There you go. And then all over social media. We get lots of questions every day on the YouTube channel, but Facebook as well, uh, or Twitter. You can connect with us there. Wherever you're at in social media, we are there as well. Engage with us. Submit questions there as well. All right, we're talk. Well, let's talk about pensions, okay? And uh, I get this. Guess the first question would be: They've kind of uh, have they run their course? They've been extremely useful. Both my parents have pensions, believe it or not, and that is extremely rare. Josh, like you already said, are they going to make a comeback? What do you guys think? I I don't see it personally. I mean, certainly the trends have been. Um, less and less and less people are covered by a, a pension. And in their place, you know, the, the opposite trend is happening with um, more of what we would call defined contribution plans, which is just sort of a, a catch-all category for things like a 401k or a 403b if you work in the schools or hospital or, or a nonprofit and, and other types of plans like that where your employer is is defining what kind of contribution you can make as opposed to pension plans. You think of them as a promise to give you a certain amount of income out there in the future um, in retirement. Where your employer's the one funding it. And they sometimes don't even have full control over how much they're putting in for you. They might tell you they're putting in a percentage of your of your of your pay, but if the actuaries recalculate and the funding level is too low, they the company might need to put in more. And so because of that and because of how those investments underneath have worked, I also question whether these things will make a comeback. And plus Jeff Bezos, on behalf of all of us faithful Amazon customers, took those dollars and flew into space as opposed to throwing dollars in a pension plan. Now, if Jeff Bezos isn't going to do that, who would? <laughs> yeah, and if you if you look at at the just the financial impact of a pension, if if bonds were paying in the 5 to 6% range, then it might make sense to, you know, pension funds might be able to meet their obligations with the way interest rates are now. Bond funds really are, are going to have a, a a terrible time keeping up with the demands and companies unless they're unless it's a company that 
the 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 main thing they manufacture is cash. Yeah, um, they're going to have a hard time funding these things. So if you work for the Federal Reserve, <laughs> 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 or or the federal government, your pension's intact. But the rest of us, yeah, I don't see it coming back. I mean, in in fact, would you say, Kevin, thirteen percent of the workforce has pensions? I, I actually have that up right here. Um, if if we look at private industry, because you're right. Government workers, they, they've got a different different game plan altogether for retirement. But uh, private industry workers, it's 64% have more of the, the newer defined contribution plan that we were talking about, 401ks and things like that. It's 15% of, of all other workers have some sort of a, a pension plan. Hmm. And there is about 13% of overlap there. Oh. Um, Where they have both or they 12, have nothing? 12, it's actually 12% of over, overlap. Where they have both. There's three percent who have only a pension, so that's very rare yeah, to yeah. only have a pension available to you. Yeah, I'm going to say there's about twenty-seven percent that have nothing. Nothing. We're going to talk yeah. about that as well. We're just <laughs> dealing with we're dealing with. You know, it's interesting. So if you're goal oriented and you've got a four hundred one k, you might see that contribution limit as a bogey, as a target. I'm going to hit that thing. Well, what if you don't have a four hundred one k? There's no contribution limit on funding other things. Uh, a, a non-IRA, and we—I was talking to Amy Masters, one of our all-star CFPs here, about how that can be actually demotivating. So we'll talk about that on a different show. But today we're talking about pensions. So I, we all doubt that they're making a comeback. But for those of you, whatever the percentage was that Josh said, I'm bad with numbers on the show. Uh, whatever the percentage was, I was making them up anyway. Eighty-five so. percent <laughs> of all facts on radio I'm made shows up on are made the spot. up. Uh, uh, that you still have a pension, making this choice is one of the most important financial decisions of your life. So what are your choices and which one's best? You're going to teach us, Kevin? Well, sure. You have, you have, you can oversimplify and say, okay, I can take the money. So if I, if your pension offers a lump sum, this is the, this is the fascinating thing because you talk about what uh, what firms do or don't offer a pension, or even a government or teacher, what the 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 oldsters have certain pensions that the youngsters don't have, yeah. Or because they they might both be in the pension plan, but the the options for the older folks or the folks that have that have been there a lot longer, or say their grandfather, they have different options than the young folks. Yeah, when these plans were originally conceived and, and built and then offered to employees, they were, it, it was almost like too good of a, a deal that was being offered. The promise was too big for the, for most employers to actually be able to fulfill. And so they started kind of paring it back a little bit over time. And now you're at a situation where most employers, it's like, we, we can't fund this thing. We've, we've promised too much and we have to cut back or completely eliminate the pensions entirely. So I have a choice if I'm going to take the money. I can take the money as a lump sum. If that is an option, then that's a, that's a choice. And and then I'm at a fork in the road. I can take the money and pay taxes on it right then and there. So they if they said, "Hey, your your pension is $2,000 a month or $200,000 lump sum." Mm -hmm. I could say I'll take the the, the money. It's kind of like the lottery. You win the lottery, and they say, "Hey, you you mm -hmm. win you win twenty million dollars," uh, or you could take 
a half million dollars a year over the next 20. I said that wrong. Anyways. But anyways, there's a there's a lump sum option for the lottery. You got to play to win. Um, <laughs> but the, with the pension, you can take it as a, as a lump sum. Typically, what most people do is take that money and roll it over because it's coming out of a qualified plan. When the company put the money in to the pension plan, they got a deduction on that. Yeah. So the money that's in the pension fund has never had taxes paid on it. So whether you take that as $2,000 a month or you get a $200,000 lump sum, you are there's going to be uh, uh, there's a tax IOU associated with that. So what a lot of people typically tend to do is say if I'm taking it as a lump sum, I'm going to roll it over into my IRA. And so cuz you're postponing the tax on that then. Exactly. Um, you could take it and pay tax on it most of the time that is not the the, the, the wise thing to right. do at, at all. Yeah, because this could be a huge sum of money that all of a sudden is being taxed in one year, and maybe it's the year that you retired, so you also had some, some wages or some earned income on top of that, and you can really get hit hard. So, so some plans, many plans, offer the lump sum option, and you can either take it as cash or you can roll it over. All plans give you the ability to take a monthly stream of income for the rest of your life or some period that you choose, which we can unpack in our next segment here. Which we will, because it's almost like you've got two choices, uh, take it lump sum or take it monthly. Well, if you take it lump sum, you can take the cash or roll it over. If you take it monthly, you can do it just on your life only or with a beneficiary attached. We're going to break that down, that and more, coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If you have the option, or well, number one, if you have a pension, okay, and then if your pension allows for a lump sum, should you take a lump sum or should you take it monthly? How do you make that decision? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online wisemoneyshow.com, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right, so very, very, very few people have pensions these days. You might have an old pension. I think that's still quite common if you're considering retirement right now. I don't know what the percentage are of that. Uh, of that. Maybe, I don't know, what would you say? 40% of, my, maybe less than that, have an old pension, frozen pension. Well, anyway, how do you draw it? What, what's your choice on, on how you want to use that pension? Take a lump sum or take a monthly payment amount? Uh, okay, if, you're, if you've got a lump sum option available, when would you take, when, when is it wise to take lump sum? Um, you know, I, I've helped a lot of clients, we, we all have, with this type of decision. And one of the themes that uh, often comes up where people say, you know what, I, a, a monthly stream of income that you can't outlive sounds really good, right? I mean, it creates a, an amazing base of income. Throw this on top of, uh, you know, Social Security, and all of a sudden, day one, every calendar year, you've got, you know, the income rolling in, you have confidence. But, but why would someone pass on something like that? Um, one scenario is if you don't trust your employer. 
and I've seen this before. And, you know, Kevin was at the break sharing some of the historical examples from here in town of employers that, that went out of business and um, had not f- funded properly the pensions. And so these promises that were made over the years couldn't be fulfilled, or, or at least not in their entirety. And um, I, I, I've had some clients who have said, you know, uh, my employer has had a, a history of minimum funding the pension. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure what that means, there are certain laws in place to protect pension holders, um, future recipients. You've had these promises made to you, and the government has created a, an entire rule book on how much does the employer have to maintain in this big pool of money that's going to actually fulfill those promises. What It's a big pension trust fund that is actually going to generate the income to you in retirement and how that's invested, how it is funded. There, these rules kind of handcuff employers, but there is some, some leniency. Like there's a range of right answers on how much to throw in and an employer who's struggling financially, they might do the bare minimum. And in doing so, this pension either has to play some catch up because of great investment returns or they're going to have to contribute even more in the future. But, But the point is, if your employer is in a financial position where they're not able to fund this fully, the, the, the risk is that you know, maybe this, this trust fund I'm describing doesn't get up to the size that's needed and part of your pension could be in jeopardy. And uh, many folks choose to just take the money and run in a situation like that. There's a circumstance uh, happened locally here. If you're listening on, on YouTube or podcasts, we're in northern Indiana, southern Michigan, a few offices there. And there's a local company that over the past couple of years, their funding level as what do you get annual statements, pension, uh, pension yeah. participants get <laughs> annual statements on the uh, on the funding level uh, of their pension. And folks were watching this percentage drop gradually. And if the if the funding level got below was 83%, the company was going to shut off the lump sum option. And that actually was a consideration as if you're close to retirement and you're hearing those rumors and you're looking around at the economy and the industry and saying, yeah, these things don't look that great. I was going to retire in six months or in 12 months. Maybe I retire immediately and I take this lump sum as opposed to not having the option to take a lump sum. And then at the mercy, if it falls below a certain funding level, the company says, hey, we're cutting this thing off completely. The pension goes to the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, i.e. the government protections, and you get a reduced monthly amount instead of even the full amount that you were planning on. Yeah, it, it, it is. That's the, that's the planning part that comes in because you want to have an awareness. If you have a pension, how well is your pension funded? And if you have the lump sum, the lump sum option, do you want to bet that your company is going to stay healthy over the rest of your retirement. That's right. Because I look, you know, my dad has a pension, and it's kind of funny because he retired in 2000 or 2001, something like that, and he's still on the payroll. He's on the payroll until he dies. It is the craziest thing ever. Uh, I mean, good on him, but it's uh, it doesn't seem very sustainable. And if you look at that and you say, all right, if I had an option to do the the the, take the pension as a, as a lump sum, 
what might I be able to do differently? Because you you say, hey, if everything, if if you if you retire and then you live another thirty years and you take a monthly payment, that might be fine. But if you retire and you had the lump sum option and didn't take it, and something happened five years into the deal where you say, hey, instead of having this monthly income, I'd rather have a chunk of money because that would let me do something. Maybe there's a there's an illness. Maybe I want to do something on my bucket list. Maybe my health is changing. And if I don't do this now, I'm not, I'll never be able to do it. So it's, it's very interesting when, when you, when you look at kind of the, 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 theology of of two lump sum or not yeah well and keep on going in those scenarios i mean you if you had a major health concern and you weren't going to live out to your full life expectancy statistically um you may want to take the lump sum just purely to preserve that wealth that's that's kind of got your name attached to it something that you can pass down to your family as well so uh, you know a lot of people who really value leaving a financial legacy and and the estate planning aspect and control of you having the money in your possession lump sum is a way to go in in a situation like that i've had some folks that to me i think while both of those considerations absolutely are, are part of the equation um to me it's it's more so a cash flow decision first or maybe my mind just gravitates there first when I'm meeting with clients, um, do you need more cash flow than what this pension offers? If so, should you roll it over to lump somewhere you have more control over how much and more flexibility how, uh, on how much you draw out? But a lot of times, folks that we've been doing planning with for decades, they don't need that much income. And I, I don't want it to sound that way, but like the pension, when you combine it with Social Security, when you combine it with some of the other resources they have, the pension is paying them an amount where you say, well, you're not even going to spend all that. Therefore, you've got this income that you've got to pay tax on, and then it's just going to build up in the savings account. And some of you might listen and say, well, wonderful, I'll take more vacations. I, yeah, I, right, you could. But like in this scenario where, hey, my lifestyle is my lifestyle is my lifestyle, and we just paid the mortgage off and we're financially free. And, you know, yeah, we could have this extra three grand a month, but we probably only need two grand a month. Well, do you take the extra thousand and pay tax on it? No, take it as a lump sum. And then you can just draw your 2000 a month out of it and manage your tax situation better. So to me, I think it, it, a lot of times it has to do with the other factors Josh and Kevin talked about, but also with cash flow. And I think the big thing connected to each of those is choice. And we are all for freedom of choice. You, financial planning and the proactive approach to your financial life is often done so so that you've got as many options to consider as possible when you're making, when you're facing a decision, as opposed to being forced or locked into, well, I've got one choice and, and that's it. So what about taking the monthly amount? What choice is there? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you have a pension? If you have a pension and there's no lump sum option available, or maybe you're working with your certified financial planner and, and it's advised, don't take the lump sum. What are your options with a monthly payment amount? 
and how do you make the best choice? What's the wise choice? We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show and subscribe to it there. And uh, subscribe to it and turn on notifications because not only is every episode of the Wise Money Show there every single week, but all throughout the week, we're adding additional content. Next Wise Steps. Um, different financial topics that we're applying directly to your financial life to help you take your next wise step. So if that sounds like what would be beneficial to you, go to YouTube, search to watch money show, subscribe to it there. Okay, guys. So the pension decision for those of you that have it, if there's a lump sum option, boy, you got to be talking to your CFP about that. And you got to build a plan and look to see which one's best Do, for, I, I would say for the average person, capturing that flexibility is going to, is going to be extremely important. But what if you don't have that flexibility even as a choice? There is no lump sum option and you've got to take it monthly. What are your choices then? Let's first talk about is it if it's monthly income, you still have some choice. Yeah, you, you do. The, the default, though, is, um, you know, I, I made the comment earlier that a pension represents a stream of income that you won't outlive. And the reason I say that is that the default is uh the, the pension company does a calculation based on your life expectancy. They've got tables. They've got all the data. They have the statistics that say, what are the odds that you're going to pass away at any given year or, or any given age? And however long you're going to live, they spread those payments out to basically match your life expectancy. And so, and, and yet, if you defy the odds, you're one of the um, statistical anomalies that live a long, long time. Guess what? They're on the hook to keep on paying you for your entire lifetime. The problem is when you pass away, um, the, the income stops unless you've made a selection to also build in a survivor benefit or think of a beneficiary. If you're, if you're married, then your spouse has a, a legal right to receive, um, you know, a survivor benefit. So in order for them to pay over your lifetime or as long as your spouse lives, they're going to reduce that income. So you, you get a lesser amount but it's at least guaranteed to keep on going for as long as your your spouse is alive. The 100% survivorship option, it will the same payment will continue as long as your spouse is alive if you pass away. Um, but there's a 50% a joint survivor where you get a slightly different Bigger payout slightly, during yeah, your lifetime. Correct. And then, and then your spouse would receive half of that. Um, they've got 25%. They've got 75%. If you could even add in some period certain where you're going to get the, this payout will ha, will last for at least 20 years or at mm -hmm. least 10 years, whether you're alive or not. The trick with that is, what if that beneficiary passes away? I, and most people, well, I, I've got a client who uh, who had a pension, didn't have a lump sum option, and his wife had already fought cancer twice. And so, you know, not to be cruel, but to be planful, we said, well, it probably wouldn't make sense to draw this pension and take a lesser amount so that it continues if you pass away before she does. However, we still need to protect the pension. So let's get some life insurance. So if you draw your pension and the very next day you pass away, there's some 
there's some resources to your spouse. The pension would stop immediately, but life insurance would pay out. We're going to talk about that in a little more detail. And uh, but but you're going to get the the full pension amount. Well, it turns out she had yet a different kind of cancer show up nine months after he retired, and sadly, it took her life within six months. Wow. And so um, now he's still getting his full pension amount, and. He's keeping life insurance around for now for the kids, just in case. Um, But he's got lots of flexibility. So tragic situation emotionally Mm -hmm. and in life. But from a financial standpoint, we made a wise choice. So so there are some times when you would take the largest possible monthly payout, even though it will only go for your lifetime. Uh, If you're single, you know, you're not even married. There's, There's not a spouse that you need to be caring for. Then clearly you would take the largest possible payout or a lump sum amount if if that was an option. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I mean, this is interesting because if you're if you're single and you're coming up towards retirement, you you I've seen this scenario where there there was someone a, a client who was single but was considering marriage, mm. and the the pension election. Is kind of a hard deadline to, hey, if you're married, you have one set of options. If you're not, you have a different set of options. Mm-hmm. And this is what I've always told people is, listen, when you go to retire, if you have a pension, you're going to likely buy insurance. You're going to buy a big insurance policy. And they're like, well, I'm not going to buy insurance. I'm done with insurance. I'm tired of that. No, no, no. You're going to buy insurance. You're either going to buy it on your own and privately write a check to the insurance company, and you know what that deal will look like. If you don't do that, you'll buy it from the pension company. And the, through the pension company, your that insurance looks like, okay, you have a $2,000 a month pension, or you have $1,500 a month for you, and if you die, your spouse gets $1,500 a month. So basically what that means is there's a $500 a month premium forever for a declining amount of insurance. And then you say to the spouse, hey, would you rather get $1,500 a month or would you rather get $200,000 in the event something happened to your spouse? A life insurance Mm -hmm. policy, life Mm -hmm. insurance payout, yep. So this is where people don't really understand fully the the idea that, hey, there's a big life insurance purchase here. And so framing it in a way that, that, I mean, we we can take the the very simple and break it down and make it very complex. (laughs) And so framing it in a way that that people really understand is can be really helpful. Well, but what you're describing is through the financial planning process, you identified a scenario or a a method, a strategy that was not on their radar screen anywhere. Sure. And, um, you know, because again, this is being framed to you as you have to make this pension decision and then you have to live with it for the rest of your life. And boy, if there was ever a type of a decision that you should just slow it down and really make sure that you have um, identified all the choices that you could be making, because maybe the, the handful that are obvious are not the best ones. It's the one that's a little bit hidden from your view that really should be considered. And that's the whole point of financial planning. It's the reason why you have a certified financial planner in your life, someone who can help you expand your options when you're about to make a life long you know commitment essentially i mean it's 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 good versus great yeah. right because what you're talking about kevin is is if you've got a pension that you're not going that you can't take lump sum or you you won't take lump sum you're going to make a life insurance decision 
You absolutely will. And do you want to have all options on the table and pick the great one, Wayne Gretzky, or do you want to just say, well, let's hit the easy button here. And I would argue there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake. These are thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's tax implications. There's legacy and inheritance implications. You've got to make a planful choice. That's right. And that's why you don't consult with folks who did make the easy choice, mm. who didn't expand all their options, because that might be you know, your, your instinct is to talk to the person who retired a couple of years before you. Hey, what'd you do? How's it working out? Mm-hmm. They may not have taken the right process themselves. Once again, this just emphasizes the point that there are six areas to your financial life and you can't tackle a financial choice in one area in isolation. You've got to look at all six areas, how they tie together, because your pension's an income uh, choice, it's protection planning, taxes, of course, investments, retirement, and estate planning. It's all of them. Make a wise decision with your CFP. All right, we've got more to come here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Is inflation still a concern or is that, uh, is, is that old news? What, uh, how do you prepare your financial life for what could be ahead? The certainty of uncertainty. That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn has a smile on his face right now. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know. And then Josh Gregory is here as well. Listen, if you listen to podcasts and you've missed anything on the Wise Money Show or like what you're hearing, you can catch every previous episode on podcasts wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show. When you get there, subscribe to the show or follow us there and then rate the show as well. That helps other folks find us and it gives us feedback as well. You can leave comments there too. We appreciate it. All right. So we've been talking about pensions and making a wise choice when it comes to your pension. I would say the same applies with your defined contribution plan. That's geek speak for 401k. You know, there's lots of, uh, lots of legislation designed to try to combat this retirement readiness crisis. I would argue it's not a legislation problem, personally. It's not. It, it, it is a, it's, a, it's a financial wisdom. It's a choice. It's a decision problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we believe that solution is comprehensive financial planning. And uh, so that's why we're on the radio, you know, preaching this. Because uh, so, so where I was going to go with that is, so w- what they're trying to do is turn defined benefit or excuse me, defined contribution into defined benefit. They're trying to to turn your 401k into a pension plan, an income stream, and and lock up your options. And I say, no, thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Congressperson. Uh, No, thanks. I want choice. I want options. And so even if you've listened to this and said, I don't have a pension, doesn't apply, it might. It might in the future. So be wise, be proactive with your financial life. Sorry, Josh, I, I cut you off. No, I don't really have anything more to add to that. Um, I, I agree with you, though. It, it It's one of those reasons why we do a show like this. It's to educate 
you as a listener on on topics that you wouldn't just naturally want to think about on a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you feel like it doesn't apply today, but these are these are concepts to tuck away in the back of your mind because you will be facing these types of issues. You know, if for no other reason, if your life doesn't change, the rules and the the context that you're making your choices can change every time Congress gets out their pen and starts writing new new laws. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of, well, potentially a side effect of what Congress has been doing, Eric from Toledo, Ohio, reached out with a question. Everywhere I turn, I am reading things that tell me I should be bracing myself for one for runaway inflation. Do you agree with that outlook? And if you do, what should you do about it? Now, first comment I would say, Eric, I mean, number one, thank you for, for listening. And uh, I'm not sure if you're, I think that question came from the YouTube. So thanks for checking us out on YouTube. Um, second, now this is so geeky, uh, but we are, we're into August here. So we're just about done with earnings season where companies report on second quarter earnings. And they usually report those with a write-up. And sometimes they report those with a write-up and a phone call or some sort of announcement. And I saw 86% of write-ups or verbal communication from S&P 500 companies included comments about inflation. Hmm. 86% of, of, of the largest companies in the US talked about inflation. And now, whether you're seeing it or not, if you run a company, you've got a you've got a choice. You've got a very, very tricky choice. Price increases are either going to be forced upon you by uh, by your vendors, where you're buying their product to then make into your widget and then pass along to customers. So those price increases are going to either be forced upon you and will eat into your margin, or you can begin to raise your prices as well. And to me, even if lumber prices have come back down a little bit, or even if the Fed is saying, don't worry about inflation, it's not here, it's transitory, it's temporary, don't worry about it, businesses are talking about, well, do we get ahead of this thing and increase our prices so that our margins aren't damaged? And you better you better believe 86% of them are are having that conversation and doing it. That's right. Well, they don't. It's, it's the, here's the thing: businesses w- live and and work and operate in Realville. So <laughs> when you when you're a business owner, and I I just talked to several this week, and they're saying, "Hey, listen, I I sign contracts at the beginning of the year to provide certain goods and services at a certain rate, and the cost of everything for all of my inputs has gone up dramatically, which means." And and but but the price is locked in right. because I've I've signed a contract. So basically, what what is happening is my profit is getting squeezed like crazy right now. And so the the you had you you've got to believe that when it comes time to do those contracts a year from now or at the end of this year, they're going to be reflecting an increase in prices. And the guys that don't inc- increase their prices are going to find themselves out of business. That's right. And I think what you're kind of hitting on here is that not every business has the same ability to absorb or pass along inflationary pressures. You know, some people are locked into contracts, as you were describing, Kevin. 
Um, some large companies have they, they do some very careful and sophisticated hedging of expenses. You know, they they buy certain contracts out in the future to protect the prices that they're getting their raw materials at. And uh, I think we're starting to see, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of the headlines here recently on many of the food companies, um, finally starting to see price increases that they have to start taking because some of those hedges have worn off, so to speak. You know, exactly they, right. they've gotten through all their cheap uh, raw materials, their, their milk, their eggs, their whatever, and now they're into, okay, we're right back to um, real-time, current day prices and that it is a spike and so you're going to start seeing some of these prices finally making their way through not every industry has been raising costs at the same same rate because of these types of of conditions now the flip side of that before we directly into your question eric just adding perspective the flip side is markets the free market if there is such a thing anymore is rarely wrong Okay, things change quickly. So you can you can see the stock market do one thing today and do the very next thing, you do the very opposite thing the next day. Uh, you wouldn't say, well, they got it wrong yesterday, they're getting it right today, or vice versa. No, things change. Things change quickly. But the whole idea of some of the smartest people on the planet all making their guesses about what's happening and averaging those guesses into today's price, they typically get it right. The bond market. The bond market and interest rate market is saying inflation's gonna come down. Here's the problem with that though. The bond market currently is not operating the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. You've got the biggest bond player being the Fed, the Federal Reserve. If you look at how much of treasuries the Federal Reserve owns, like it'll make you it'll it'll actually it'll make you sadly distrust capitalism. And, and big government. I, I, I Sorry. Sorry for throwing that out. I just, like, if you look at how much is being um, manipulated, you would say, I don't, I don't trust it. So you look at the bond market and you'd say, nah, inflation will probably cool off. But then you look at who's buying the bonds and who's pushing rates and you say, oh, maybe not. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, you know, maybe 10 years ago when you'd ask the question, well, who's lending money to the federal government, the U.S. government? China. Yeah. That was the answer. Right, they had a couple trillion dollars at the time of our of our debt, and they are not the big buyer, the big lender to the federal government anymore. Now it is the Federal Reserve Bank, yep. our central bank, essentially printing money and then lending it um, to to the U.S. And what you're you're hinting at is that causes kind of an unnatural, maybe manipulated is the word, or at least. Um, uh, influenced. Yeah, influence is, a, is maybe a more fair word. Um, a, a market that's not behaving as normal. Normally, um, as inflation worries go up, interest rates also go up to try to account for that. Mm-hmm. But that's being kind of held in check right now because of all the buying that the Fed's doing. So, Eric, would, would, we, would we agree with the outlook that there's going to be runaway inflation? Um, I, I probably wouldn't say it as strongly as runaway inflation, but my goodness, we we are seeing inflation. It, it's it's hard it's it's hard to expect that the cat just goes right back in yeah, the I, bag. I, and I would frame it differently, Eric. I w- because the one of two things is happening right now: either either the cost of goods and services is going up, 
or the value of the dollars that you have in your wallet is going down. And I personally believe, and I'm an optimist, but I do believe, here's the problem, I believe my eyes. And I work with business owners that don't have the ability to say, hey, uh, the, the, the CP lie is based on these certain factors and we don't like the way that it's going, so we're gonna take this component out of it and we're gonna add this component back in or whatever we're going to do. Because you can, you, you know, figures lie and liars figure. You can manipulate the number, the, 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 the CPI, and the CPI has been horribly manipulated. But you can't manipulate the the price of gas when you pull up to the pump. Yeah. Like inflation is inflation. It costs more. It costs fifty percent more to fill up your tank than it did at the beginning of the year. That's real. That's a real cost. You can't you can't explain that away with some sort of percent. So so then maybe we should just go to the second part of the question. If so, what should you do about it? Now I I'll start there and say uh, it's not to start building some hedges. I would tell you if you want to prepare for inflation, focus on your present financial position. That's the first one. I mean, to me, you want to make sure that you have a solid budget, solid three bank account system, solid cash reserves, not where you say, well, inflation's coming. I better buy everything possible. I better borrow as much as I possibly can. I better take my cash and do something with it. No, oftentimes periods of high inflation go along with some distortions and disruptions in the economy, you want to make sure you've got a solid financial foundation. I would also say, Eric, we don't know your age, but the younger that you are, the more important it is to recognize the long-term effects of inflation as well. We've come through a couple decades of really low inflation, and a lot of people have been kind of lulled to sleep by that. Um, it, we, we have always said that inflation is one of the risks that you have to be able to manage when you're looking out long-term into retirement. And you need to be building up resources, uh, a nest egg that can support you and not relying upon things that are more of a fixed income like Social Security. You have to be able to stay out ahead of inflation because you own assets that can grow and appreciate even in the face of inflation. That's right. And the stock market has been the best type of investment to combat long-term inflation. So uh, great question. I, I hope that helps. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.